Welcome to Innovation Generation, a podcast of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation at Grove City College, where we hear the inspiring stories of entrepreneurs and explore the hopefulness of entrepreneurial thinking wherever we find it. I'm your host, Tim Sweet, and this is Innovation Generation. Hello, everyone. My name is Tim Sweet. I'm the chair of the Department of Entrepreneurship here at Grove City College, and we'd like to welcome you all to our podcast episode about entrepreneurship at Grove City College. With us today are two guests, Yvonne English and Ken Smith, who are my colleagues here in the Department of Entrepreneurship and our entire entrepreneurship uh, program. I'm the chair of the entrepreneurship program. I teach uh, four classes each semester and really enjoy working with our students. But I want to get to our guests here. Yvonne, could you tell us a little bit about uh, yourself and what you do here at the college? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. So I have the longest business card on campus. My titles are Entrepreneur in Residence and Executive Director of the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, as well as a professor of practice in the entrepreneurship department. What that means is I teach in the department, a lighter load, but I also get to lead this wonderful team in the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, and we serve the entire campus. So no matter what a student's major is, they can participate in the competitions and programs and events at ENI. Okay, so even though it's called the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, it's open to students of all majors? Absolutely. It's a cross-disciplinary effort. And reason being is the world isn't siloed by major. You have to work together. And this is great practice for students um, with a safety net to delve into all things entrepreneurship and innovation here on campus. Great. So what kinds of majors typically work with you? Just curious about that. Absolutely. So we're talking about most majors on campus, actually. We've had competitions where 26 different majors are represented, things like the elevator pitch competition, which is a really simple two-minute pitch to different judges in different rounds. Mm. We have Venture Lab, where we see um, some STEM students come over and work with students from the business program. Um, we see communications, education, religion, all kinds of majors participate in E&I events. Well, great. Well, I'm really glad you're with us today. We'll talk more about some of those things, hopefully. And Ken Smith. Ken, we're glad you're with us today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at, at the college. Great. Well, I'm glad to be here. I assist Vaughn in the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. So I have the opportunity, as she outlined, to work with students across all disciplines. And then I teach. Uh, I teach four classes each semester, covering a wide variety of disciplines within entrepreneurship. Many of the kind of operational side of things from ethics and law to finance and managing growing enterprises, business planning, corporate innovation, those types of topics. Awesome. Thank you. You know, it's interesting to me that you both have come from different kinds of professional experiences. I wondered if you could tell us a little bit about your journey. Maybe, Ken, we'll, we'll stay with you for a moment. Tell sure. us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and how you got here to Grove City. Yeah. So, Prior to coming to Grove City to teach full-time, I actually left Grove City as a grad in 1984, joined a company, H.B. Maynard & Company in Pittsburgh, and had an opportunity to get deeply involved in the management. This was an older company, but at a point had the opportunity with a couple other folks to buy the company, rebuild it, ended up selling that company to a large consulting company, Accenture. 
And then uh, that gave me the wherewithal to get involved in a lot of startup companies around Pittsburgh, both as an angel investor and as an advisor. I've had an opportunity to run one of those startups and take it through the process of growth and then eventually selling that business. And just really uh, being around the whole scene of entrepreneurship around Pittsburgh. So that's given me a lot of stories, both success stories and failures, uh, Mm -hmm. to be able to tell uh, the students in the classroom, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Really really appreciate that. And Yvonne, your journey uh, also started at Grove City as a grad, did it not? It did, 1997. Yes. Although Ken graduated before I did, he's very good at telling a concise story. And uh, my background is a little, it's a wild ride. So (laughs) buckle up. All right, Um, (laughs) good. Tell us a little bit about that. So I graduated with a degree in international business and French, and I minored in political science. And I ended up at the company that I interned with from my junior year on. And that's just a plug for internships. I think that that The internship experience is so very valuable for our students. It's a way to kind of taste test. And if it's something you don't like, you cross it off the list, right? But in this case, I actually liked it. It was employee benefits, so retirement plans for corporations. At the age of 24, I thought I could do it better and started my own company. It was a third-party administration firm for corporate retirement plans. We helped to design retirement plans for companies. And then I got to teach the employees how to invest, which was a lot of fun. That led me, long story short, I fell in love with someone over the border, so a Canadian. We were doing a lot of business with a company called Manulife Financial. Manulife offered me an international management consultant contract, and I went up there because love is great over an international border, but do you get along when you're in the same city? And so I spent about a year and a half in Toronto at Manulife. It's John Hancock here in the States. I got to really delve into corporate Canada, which was very different from having my own company. My company was still running. That's another story that I get to tell my students about having your father as an investor. Um, So we actually came back over the border and I worked in corporate America for a while for RSM McGladry and then American Express. And while I was at those firms, my entrepreneur just wouldn't die inside. So I did a lot of side projects. And a couple of those, including Salvagist, which was an e-commerce company, I was able to start on the side, grow, and actually sell while I was still in the corporate world. Hmm. Eventually, we sold Core Benefits, which was the consulting company, as well. And I continued on in the corporate world until such point where I felt a call. And that call was really to help others to do what I had done in entrepreneurship. So I eventually took a leap and started a nonprofit incubator in collaboration with a local city, Hermitage, here in Pennsylvania. And through that, I got to coach 21 companies in about five years. I also started another company with actual grads who were former students called Buzz Burrito. It was a mobile app company for businesses, and we sold that a few years ago. Wow, great. So between the both of you, you've had some very interesting experiences on entrepreneurship. And you bring, do you bring that to the classroom? How does that play out in the classroom? Yeah, all the time. I try to build in my classes, you know, a number of not just case studies, but discussions around the businesses I've been involved with and actually bringing in some of my business partners, bringing in other folks that I know in the community that have been very deeply involved in businesses. And so we talk a lot about real practical application, real experiences. And again, as I said before, not just sharing all the successes, but talking about some of the challenges we faced Mm -hmm. along the way Mm -hmm. as well. 
And Yvonne, you, as I understand, you teach a course called e-commerce. Would you mind telling a little bit about what that course does and, and some of the things that the students get involved in? E-commerce is one of my favorite courses. It's very hands-on and practical. The students actually learn to start an e-commerce company from idea, and they take it all the way through implementation and execution. So they're actually running real e-commerce businesses, not incorporated. They're technically fundraisers. And at the end of the semester, after they've done everything a true e-commerce business does, the profits go to a local charity. And we've been able to raise tens of thousands of dollars for our local community through that class. The students learn what they need to learn. They can all go and start separate e-commerce companies, which many of them do on the side while they're still students, but they're also helping their local community. That's terrific. I've seen the students come out of that class, and they, they seem to be so energized by the way you teach that and the, not only learning about e-commerce, but have that hands-on experience. Yeah, e-commerce is interesting, and, and most of our entrepreneurship classes are interesting in that we can't really use textbooks very often. Textbooks are usually two years behind. Mm. So in e-commerce, you can think about that. Two years ago was an eternity. Mm -hmm. So we're really, we really have to get creative when we teach in the classroom. And in e-commerce, we're using live case studies. I'm bringing people in and experts. We have an alum who just went to Shopify, and we use Shopify as the platform. So that's really fun. We use blogs. Um, it's really interactive active and very hands-on. I teach a lot of the hands-on courses where the students are rolling up their sleeves and actually doing it because entrepreneurship in the classroom looks very different from entrepreneurship in application. Right, right. So with the center, so we have the Department of Entrepreneurship, which is the educational side of things. Students can actually get a degree in entrepreneurship and they may have choices of a number of different minors in entrepreneurship as well. But we also have the Center for Entrepreneurship that you had mentioned previously. What kind of programs does the center run that tend to be popular with the students? Oh, yes. So the center is kind of split out trifold. So you can think of it as competitions, programs, and events. Right. So competitions, we talked about the elevator pitch competition. There's also a more robust competition in the spring called the Wolverine Venture Battle, mm. where students participate in rounds. And at the end, the judges are actually, we call them investors. They're not receiving any part of the company, but they can actually choose their allocation of prize money, just like real world investors, and in that they have a bucket of money and they can choose to give to all, to one, whatever they see fit, which is very exciting for our students. Also, we have programs. So Things such as Venture Lab. Venture Lab's an idea feasibility lab where any student of any major can apply with an idea. We provide mentoring, funding, coaching, everything they need to really be successful and to really validate whether the idea is feasible as a business. And we're actually developing programming around Venture Lab for the next stage because what we're finding is students are doing this idea validation very early and now they want to start the businesses. So we are bringing together our resources to help them in a program called VL2, which we will be launching soon. And that will be in place to actually help them as they start these seedling businesses. Fantastic. That's awesome. So we've talked a little bit about entrepreneurship in a startup context. Ken, you've had experiences in startups. Yvonne, you've had experiences in startups. And we certainly give our students startup kinds of experiences. But 
Is entrepreneurship more than that? I'm, I'm just asking the question because I'm thinking there's some there's some students out there, there's some parents who are listening in who are thinking entrepreneurship. Do you study that? How can you prepare somebody to be that? Be an entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit more about kind of the ways that entrepreneurship expresses itself and and how you teach in the classrooms and encourage in the center. Well, I teach a course on corporate innovation. Mm. And I think in this particular case, when we talk corporate innovation, we're really talking about entrepreneurship within an existing company. And I talked to the students early on about, you know, for us, entrepreneurship is really about building businesses. And you can build a business from scratch, but you can also build businesses from within businesses. And so one of the cool things in this particular class is we work with an existing company. This year, right now, we're in the middle of it. We're doing a project with a 70-year-old company that is really fairly innovative in what they do, but we're working with them to establish a more formal approach to corporate entrepreneurship, that they can continue to innovate and look for ways to build new businesses within their existing business. And it's a great way for our students to see many of the practical tools they've seen throughout their time, whether in the center or whether it in the classroom, can actually be applied within an existing company. Wow, fantastic. And Yvonne, you had mentioned digital entrepreneurship as a lane as well. Could you talk a little bit more about some of the ways you see students kind of gravitating toward technology, perhaps? It's a really exciting time to be an entrepreneur. The barriers to entry are so much lower now Mm -hmm. than when any of us did anything in entrepreneurship in Mm -hmm. the beginning of our careers. Um, A really exciting movement, for instance, that our students are really excited about is no code. So what I mean by that is actually building products without having to write lines of code, which obviously um, democratizes the ability to have your own app, et cetera. So we've had experts come on campus this semester to talk about no code to introduce our students. And we see students building more robust products without needing a computer science degree, for instance. Mm-hmm. Also, when we're talking about this whole subject, it makes me think of that old debate. Entrepreneurs, are they born or are they made, mm. right? You'd mentioned, can you teach entrepreneurship? Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting question. I think that the science tells us certainly there are innate qualities to entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. There are certain levels of risk tolerance and those types of things. But what we do here in the program is we teach students a skill set that transcends major, frankly. So in E&I, or the Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation, we give them exposure to soft skills that they're going to need no matter where they're called in the world. But we also teach things like, how do you take risk and lower the risk level, et cetera? And as Ken mentioned, entrepreneurship isn't just about starting a business. I I tend to play there because that's my lane. But certainly we see entrepreneurship and innovation in the ministry. Sure. We see it in nonprofits. We see it in small businesses. Um, Certainly our students go to work in startups, sales. We have a lot of students go to sales. And then there's a a really exciting field that we see a lot of students going into called product management. Mm. And in tech, that's a really fun way to take your entrepreneurial skills. Maybe you don't have an idea or you don't want to start a new business and apply it within the tech world. So entrepreneurial skills, entrepreneurial thinking, entrepreneurial education can cue students up to do lots of different kinds of jobs in a variety of contexts, whether that's for-profit, non-profit, mission, ministry, 
small business. Ken, you teach a, a course in small business, do you not? I do. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty exciting because it, it pulls together a lot of the different tools and techniques that we've taught them in other classes or they've learned in the center, and we put it in the context of a small business mm. or in some cases a family business, which isn't necessarily small, but tends to be. And so it gives us an opportunity to put those things to practice. We actually use a simulation in that class, and each student has the opportunity to run a business. They create it and run it uh, for 90 days. And there, it's fascinating to see them kind of be able to pull all the different pieces together, but then see the challenge of integrating all these different pieces and the quick startup that they're getting into uh, at the start of a business. Yes, that's fantastic. So... Yvonne, you alluded to something a little bit earlier about kind of mission and ministry. And I know we've all, as a group, talked a lot and taught a lot about a subject that we call redemptive entrepreneurship. How does our, our faith and entrepreneurial thinking, entrepreneurial practice intersect? Would you mind telling us a little bit about your experiences with that and the kind of thinking that you do as professors and as people who are running the Center for Entrepreneurship. Yvonne, maybe we'll start with you. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm very, very blessed to serve in a role with an organization called Praxis. I'm a venture partner with Praxis. And what that means is I get to coach their business accelerator. And this business accelerator is totally based on this idea of redemptive entrepreneurship. Mm. There's a lot of confusion about what that means. And if you think about a lot of businesses, they're exploitative, right? That's the very classic, I win, you lose. Um, it's all about winning and control. And if you think about taking it the next step, which is more ethical, is mm -hmm. the realm that we talk about, right? Um, this is the realm where you want to do good, be good, we both win. And that's a great place to be. There's nothing wrong with Ethics, the ethical transparency. Right? Absolutely. Doing business in a way that is honoring to people Absolutely. who are involved in the company in some way. And that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. That is a wonderful way to live. If we could have a world full of ethical businesses, that would be a good world. <laughs> that would be a right? good thing, yes. But as Christians, if you, if you look in the Bible and you look to Scripture, we need to really think about being rooted in love and service. And we have this level... It's kind of above the ethical. Certainly it is ethical, but it's really about following Christ's example and sacrificing and doing so creatively to restore the broken world that we live in. So what that means is more, I sacrifice, we win. So it's a little different than, say, when, when people talk about social entrepreneurship, that can be agnostic. It can do very good in the world, but they're really, you don't have to have Christianity in order to be a social entrepreneur, whereas in redemptive entrepreneurship, we're really looking to the scripture for our guidance in how we operate our businesses, our founders' script, our operations, and our mission, and how we interact with the world. Mm. Have you seen some of our students kind of embrace that idea? And if so, how does that play out in some of the ideas that come out of their experiences here at Grove City? Absolutely. I've seen students wrestle with the idea, too. Yeah. What I mean by that is we are in a very commercial world, mm -hmm. and certainly culture tells us one thing about what a successful entrepreneur is. And when we look at entrepreneurship and student ventures, um, I've had student teams look at it and say, well, here's how it would be if it were culturally in line with the culture. 
it would be very exploitative. So now let's look at the social mission. And then the students have to take the leap and look and say, okay, maybe we sacrifice a little bit on profit to do what's best for our community or for our employees or our vendors. Or they look at a supply chain, for instance. I had a group a, a while back that was looking at coffee, which is notoriously a dirty industry when you look at the supply chain mm-hmm. with regard to wages and um, the way the workers are treated. So they may look into a supply chain and say, okay, it's going to cost us as a company with regard to profit margin, but we're going to do the right thing here. So we're sacrificing, but it's what's best for the world. And ultimately, we both win. Well, great. So Ken, you too uh, do a lot with redemptive entrepreneurship, and you've done so for a long time in your life. But tell us a little bit about what you do with students relative to redemptive entrepreneurship. Yeah, I'd say much of it is what uh, Yvonne has uh, articulated, and and I certainly follow the practice approach and share that in, in the classroom as well. When I have students come to me and they're kind of wondering whether what they're doing is redemptive or not, frankly, I try to keep it as simple as I can. Mm. You know, what's your motivation? Is this a selfish motivation or are you motivated to glorify God? And so it's it's interesting to go kind of work through that and really determine what is it that's really driving you to, to decide to go in this direction. And frankly, I I think what's kind of interesting about that is we do, because of the sometimes confusion over what might be socially acceptable or not, doesn't necessarily, as Yvonne said, it doesn't necessarily mean it's redemptive or not. And that kind of goes in both directions. There's plenty of businesses out there that may not look like they have a great social aspect to them, but in fact, you know, the people are seeking to glorify God and, it, and somewhere down the, the road, what the work they're doing is going to have an impact that's going to be socially positive as well. Mm-hmm. But the immediate term is, you know, what is that motivation? Am I motivated to act and uh, do things in a way that will glorify God? Well, so just curious. Yes, Yvonne. I had one more you thing. You want to add? You can always add. I did. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm very excited um, about the fact that Praxis Academy is coming back mm. in person this summer. And it's an awesome opportunity for our students to not only delve into the concept of redemptive entrepreneurship, but to take a trip to California, enjoy that for a week, and to actually meet redemptive entrepreneurs who are doing this in practice. And it's incredibly, they meet other students from around the country who are interested, and around the world, in fact, who are interested in these concepts. And maybe you'll meet your next co-founder, or you'll at least just come away with more wisdom and seeing these concepts in practice. Because a lot of times, I think we confuse redemptive entrepreneurship with just a Christian business, which is a wonderful right. thing too. But to be a redemptive venture, you don't necessarily have to be Chick-fil-A. And it's really interested, interesting to see both cases. Both are good, sure. but it's really interesting to see how you can operate even behind the scenes as a redemptive entrepreneur. Yeah. So the students there, where they take a trip to uh, California, there's hundreds of other students that are interested in the same topic. How can we be believers in the world and still do great things through the lens of, of business and nonprofit work that makes a redemptive impact on the world around us. hundred percent. The atmosphere is electric. Yes, it is. Yes, I've been there. So it's <laughs> fantastic. Well, just tell me a little bit about some of the companies or organizations that have grown out of the work here at Grove City. There are some interesting things that are going on with some of our, our more recent grads. Would you mind just sharing a couple of those stories? 
Sure. We actually just had Jake Lucerarian on campus last week. And Jake's story is really interesting. He was an engineering major here. He was actually in my first Venture Lab cohort as well with his senior engineering project. That eventually, (laughs) this is really condensing a long story, but we have a Richard G. Staley 62 speaker series Uh, talk with Jake from a couple of years ago that people can refer to gccentrepreneurship.com. And if you look at events or or Richard G. Staley speaker series, you can find um, the story, the origin story of Gecko Robotics. But he has been able to take that. I think he graduated in 2013. So in that time, he just did a round of funding for $73 His company is now worth $533 million. Wow. So certainly that is one of our largest, if that's our largest success story, I think, out of the program recently. We've had a variety of ventures coming out of the program. I think of uh, Greg Glyer with DonorSeek, which is a really, really interesting product and and technology that allows donors to really connect with projects around the world and fund people in need and actually see real messages. It's absolutely inspirational to be able to see that. So they connect the donors with the beneficiaries and those stories get connected uh, through the app. Absolutely. No pun intended. No, sorry. That's a new (laughs) joke. (laughs) (laughs) But um, we also have people like Kim Garrett, Mm. who is a graduate who started a company called Rooted Beauty. And she really had the cause before she had the product. She knew she wanted to help women who were escaping poverty, um, abuse, and other bad situations around the world. So she created this woman-to-woman project where she thought, if I could sell something and that thing funded a woman very specific that the consumer got to hear a story from, that would be a personal connection, a lot like donors see, sure. right? Yeah. And she ended up creating a, a skincare company, which eventually grew, and she sold it to Seventh Generation Ventures, and then it was sold to Unilever. So it was a, it was quite a big deal as well. Wow. And that, that business had a real redemptive edge to it. It did. Yeah. Absolutely. And she started with that in the end in mind. Yes. Wow. Well, I, I want to thank you both for uh, joining me today and sharing a little bit about entrepreneurship here at Grove City College. Yvonne, you had mentioned it before, but if students, parents want to check out uh, more information about the program, they would go to gccentrepreneurship.com? Correct. And then also on socials. So we can be found on Facebook. We can be found on Telegram. We can be found on Instagram. And that you just have to search for the handle at GCC Entrepreneur. At GCC Entrepreneur. Well, thanks very much for coming in. Ken, thank you for sharing your stories and your experiences. Yvonne, the same. We appreciate that. And we wish all of you a great day here at Grove City College. Thanks for joining us today on Innovation Generation. We're glad you could join us, and we invite you to come back for more episodes. To contact us, you can find us at gccentrepreneurship.com, or you can follow us on social media at gccentrepreneur.